Put on your headphones and send the kids to bed. This week on Romance Ramblings, we're talking porn and the writing process with debut author Nicole Bryan. This week's episode is explicit. If you're under 18 or prefer sweet and innocent romance novels, you'll want to skip this episode. Welcome back to Romance Ramblings. I'm your faithful host, Katherine Anderson. Before I dive into introducing this week's special guest, I want to say thank you to all the authors who have joined me on Romance Ramblings. Amanda Fay, Margot Scott, and Katie Ray, thank you for joining me. Each of you brought a different perspective to Romance Ramblings, and I had so much fun with each of you. I can't wait to have you back for more episodes. This week, we put the spotlight on debut author Nicole Bryan. She's whip-smart, funny, and she spins a tale so sordid, I couldn't believe my eyes when I first read it. Nicole, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners? I'm Nicole Bryan. I've been writing so long, I actually do not remember ever not writing. My mother will tell you when I was six years old, I used to sit around and I couldn't write yet. So I would just scribble on paper, you know, the little squiggly lines and say the story out loud. And it was usually like I would make up Sesame Street episodes. Oh, (laughs) yeah. My debut book just came out in February, which was Happy Endings. And uh, like I said, mom, two kids, not a whole lot going on. You wrote the novel Happy Endings about a professional porn star and the reclusive writer he falls in love with. Where did the inspiration for Happy Endings come from? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I literally, and it's the same with all of my books, if I, because I have more stuff written, I actually started out writing scripts years ago too and have some horror scripts, um, But any story that I've ever written usually will come to me as just a single line. And with happy endings, it's the funniest thing because usually it'll be like an opening line. Mm -hmm. With happy endings, it was the closing line. I literally wrote that book in reverse. Oh. Uh, Yes, it was. And the original plot, it took me about a year to write that book. The original plot was nothing like it was. Um, Yeah, because in the story, you know, you have Matthew and you have Lucy. Matthew is the porn star. Lucy is the writer. In the original story, Matthew was not a porn star. He was just a celebrity. Um, And there there was a lot going on with Lucy that wasn't in, that didn't end up in the book. It changed so much over the course of the year. Uh, that I took writing it. Uh, it took me about three months to get the idea in my head of how I wanted the characters to go because I've never written in reverse before, but I got the closing line of the book in my head and I was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. I have no idea what I'm going to do with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I have a notebook that I keep things written in when I do get random lines like that uh, or pieces of 
dialogue from characters that I don't have a story for yet. I will write it down in this notebook. And I kept going back to that one line and I was like, I've got to write this. I just don't know how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there really was no clear inspiration. It was just, I had this one line and I knew I had to do something with it. And I just kind of worked backwards from that closing line. If you're anything like me, Nicole, sometimes you have to think outside of the box and watch porn for inspiration purposes while writing love scenes. We're all adults here. We can talk about porn. How did this affect your writing process, and did you learn anything from it? I watched so much porn when writing this book because, obviously, Matthew is a porn star. Um, I interviewed a porn star who... um, The guy that I interviewed for reference for Happy Endings actually asked to remain anonymous. Mm -hmm. But I talked to him, uh, like, a few times. I interviewed him watched so much porn because I was like, not just for reference because I wanted to get the aspect of porn right, but also when you write, it's like, you know what the characters are doing. You know, Mm -hmm. you can see it in your head, but getting that on paper without a vision, you know, an actual visual aid to kind of pause and refer back to is hard. Uh, So I would, um, like keep my phone to one side and I would like be okay. 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 All right. What's he doing in this scene to her? And I, like, <laughs> I, I've joked that I'm now desensitized to porn. I'm like, you can't show me anything because I literally watched all of it uh, to, <laughs> to write this book. Um, so yeah, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's porn. but uh yeah you you get to the point where you've watched so much of it that it's like watching a documentary now Mm -hmm. for me (laughs) but uh as far as documentary goes it's it's a pretty good one I learned so much in this process because I I had this what I know now is a misconception of how the filming process actually goes for porn. And uh, I thought that it was very different from how you film a mainstream film. I thought there was a lot. The more research that I did, I was like, this is just as professional as a uh, regular film set. And it's just, it, it. a lot of the aspects of it are a lot like a traditional film set, which uh, as somebody who's uh, dabbled in indie films before, um, I've been on several film sets and like the research that I was doing, I watched a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, I, I was, I actually felt kind of guilty that I had the misconception that I did. Uh, and I, and I didn't really like, I understood the people, it's just a job. They do their job and then they go home, but it does take a special kind of person to be able to do this kind of work. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I did speak to several really great people in the industry at various levels, whether it be cameramen, uh, producers, directors, actors, um, 
they're very close knit. And like mm-hmm. I said, it's very much like a traditional film set. You would think, okay, there's a director, there's the actors, however many there is for that particular scene, and a couple of cameramen. No, there's like, say it's just a two-person scene, there's like 30 people on set mm-hmm. because you have so much going on. Um, and production values are can be just as much as some of the mainstream films that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into porn that I was unaware of. And I'm really glad that I was able to learn all of this and kind of even put the misconception out of, even if nobody else learns anything from my book, cause it's not exactly educational. I hope that it helps with the stigma around the porn industry, that they're not just a bunch of people, uh, who show up someplace, have sex, film it, and then, you know, and that's it. I hope that they're looked at a little bit differently. I hope whoever reads this book kind of gets a, a appreciation for the porn industry like I gained. Nicole? Why do you think porn is so popular amongst romance writers? Um, Well, there's the obvious reason of just a reference when you're writing, you know, to have that visual aid to see, okay, well, in this position, uh, the girl's legs are like this and the boy's legs are like this. Okay. Um, You can't really, uh, you can't really do this position. It sounds good in your head, but in that, you know, it doesn't execute well. I think that's probably the main reason, but also it's just, you know, it, it's the visual representation of what we, what we write as romance authors. Mm-hmm. Even the fade to black romance, the clean romance, where they don't show the actual acts, the build up to it in certain porn movies, the, that lead up to the act can be helpful even for those because it helps you set this scene and it gives, it may give you a little bit of an idea of how something, you know, two people in this situation or more than two people um, in this situation would get to that place where the, okay, now we're fixing to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so no matter what genre of, uh, of romance that you write, whether it be clean, whether it be a ro- uh, dark romance, whether it be erotica, contemporary porn can be helpful. While you were writing Happy Endings, did you ever worry that Amazon would stick your debut book in the dreaded erotica category? How did you walk the fine line between erotica and romance? Um, I actually was put in the dreaded erotica category once, and um, I am banned in India still because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, because in the description for the book, the word porn is used, the word cock is used. Um, so I did get thrown in that category, but I was able to get myself out of it because I kind of called them and I was like, look, it's not really about porn, even though it kind of is. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I was like, it's not really about porn. It's really a love story. It's just a contemporary romance. It's not an erotica. And they were like, okay. I'm like, ha ha ha. 
uh, yeah, insert maniacal laugh here. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, but yeah, India didn't buy it though. They were like, nope, you're staying in erotica and you're banned. Um, wow. cause they had, yeah, they're pretty strict in the Middle East. I've learned that with that, um, surprisingly, I do really well in Australia. I still haven't figured that one out yet. (laughs) And in the UK, somehow I was thrown into a BDSM category. There is not a single bit of BDSM in happy endings. Not a bit. (laughs) But uh, I was in the, in the U S at one point, I was actually in the erotic humor section which that one I'm cool with. Uh, I was like, I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I didn't know this was a thing, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let's go with this one. In our chat outside the interview, you mentioned that you interviewed and made friends with a porn star to get certain things right in happy endings. What were they like and how did they help you nail things down? Um, the, the person that I actually interviewed for happy endings, um, he nailed down like a, he helped me nail down the, a lot of the behind the scenes. And like, he, he was like, this is my typical itinerary for a day of shooting. And he sent me this email and it was a, a full page long of everything that happens before the camera ever starts rolling that was probably the most helpful piece of information that he gave me not saying the rest wasn't helpful, but that was definitely the, probably the most helpful. Um, and just how, uh, the other actors interact when the cameras aren't rolling, not just when they're on set, but also out in public out in their daily lives, how they balance a relationship with what they do. Um, which is touched on a little bit in happy endings with, uh, some other, uh, porn stars that happened to make an appearance at once in one scene. Um, and it's just, it's, it, it was really invaluable to have him. Uh, like I said, he asked to remain anonymous, but the funny thing is, after my book was released, the friend that I actually made who was in the porn industry was not the guy that I interviewed. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was so funny. He, I actually found him on TikTok. Did not know he did porn. <laughs> Just absolute random thing. And I, was inter- and I was like, I need to interview him mm-hmm. for a series that I have coming out next year. Because of what something he had posted on TikTok that he is involved in was going to be part of the series that I have going, going on Uh uh, next year or coming out next year. So when I met him, I was like, Hey, can I interview for you for this? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, okay, so how did you get into this? And he was like, Oh, well I do porn. And I'm like, okay. And him and his girlfriend are the absolute sweetest. Love them to death. Uh, Heath Wilde, Ellie Rose, look them up. They're awesome. He, he's giant. He's a giant 12 year old trapped in a 35 year old body. It's great. Um, oh my. Yes. <laughs> and Ellie is uh, a marketing genius. She's beautiful and wonderful and so nice. Love them both to death. And 
both of them have been really helpful when it comes to my planning for this next series that I'll have coming out next year. Nicole, now that you've published your first novel, do you have plans for more naughty books in the future? Can you tell us about those plans? I do, actually. Um, I have my first dark romance that should be out by the end of the summer. Um, we haven't done any kind of, me and my team have not released the title or the cover yet, but it should be out the end of July um, or the first part of August. Then I have another project that'll be dropping in December that I have not announced yet. And then, like I mentioned a minute ago, I have a series that will be out next year. Um, that will be, it's, right now, it's planned as a three-book series, but plans change could end up being more books. But I, de- I have at least the rest of this year and all of next year planned out beyond that. Who knows? <laughs> I know I'll have some more books out. It's just not sure what those will be. <laughs> what are you reading currently, or do you not read while writing? What book inspired you to become a romance author? Try not to read while I write, but the last book that I read, which I read it as soon as I got finished writing Happy Endings, Two of my favorite authors who uh, they're married and co-write together, Sean Moriarty and Izzy Sweet, cannot recommend the Disciples series enough. That is my favorite series. If you like dark romance, um, definitely, definitely check them out. And they had a book that released, and it co- uh, it just so happened to correlate with when I finished writing Happy Ending. Um, Trapping Sophia was the last book that I read when it came out. I'm not sure if it was a specific book in general that inspired me to become a romance author, but the first romance book that I ever read and I was like, there's this genre that is just so amazing. And, you know, just this, the, the introduction, I was in fourth grade and my aunt, I had two aunts who, um, they were t- the typical sister aunts, you know, they were the, or the typical sisters who lived together and had never gotten married. And all they did was sit around and read books. They were my idols. Uh, I, lo- I was like, I want to be like that when I grow up, <laughs> I just want to be able to sit around and read and do nothing else. Um, but my, one of my aunts gave me a book called, and one war gray, which was a historical romance set in the civil war. Okay. And it- and I don't think she realized that it was a romance book. Cause like I said, I was in the fourth grade. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here going, I'm like, this is, what does it mean when he's talking about like flowering her Lily? I mean, Cause it was one of those that was written back in the eighties that had uh-huh. like all the, the metaphors and euphemisms for sex. Cause they couldn't say that out. You know, they couldn't really say that yep. then. And, uh, it actually took a few months before anybody, and I had read all the other books in the series. It was like four books in the series. And I had actually read the other books in the series before anybody realized that I was reading a sex book at, at like nine years old. <laughs> um, but it definitely started there as far as my love of romance. Um, 
and it just kind of it just kind of went from there and I just ran with it and after writing like I said I, I wrote horror scripts and horror stories for a long time um in the indie film industry around here in Mississippi and uh but I was always, you know, I always had, still had this secret passion for these romance books. And I would always, I actually have some, uh, some old scripts and I would like in between takes and stuff, I would doodle in the, in the margins, like different lines for different uh, romance thing, you know, ideas and stuff. And finally one of a very good friend of mine was like, she was, she was like, you have got to write a romance book. She was like, it's what you want to do. And I was like, yeah, but it's such a hard genre to get into and everything. She's like, I don't care. Do it. Because if you don't, you're going to end up hating yourself. So I did. Um, the rest is history. <laughs> I know you currently have a work in progress that is vastly different from Happy Endings. What can you tell us about this work in progress? Uh, the work in progress um, I've teased about on my Facebook and my Instagram, and I believe on Twitter, even though recently Instagram hit me and Facebook hit me with a community violation. Um, but I've teased about a book coming out that, sh- uh, like I said, it should be out by the end of the summer around end of July to the end of August, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it will be a dark romance. Um, it's one of those things where I can't say too terribly much without giving any away, uh-huh. but it's, it's one of the, it's going to be dark. It's if you're looking for something that's like happy endings, that's going to be super emotional and, uh, just this great, you know, love story. Not so, yeah, it, that's not going to be what this is. This is going to be the totally opposite. Um, as a matter of fact, the blurb that I have written, the very first line of it is, "This is not a love story because this is not love. This is something worse." Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, the it, it's just this journey of these two characters who, um. I'm trying to think how much I can say without giving it away is these two characters pretty much learning to accept who they really are and what they really are is not good. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, it should be out soon. I definitely should have a cover reveal out in the next couple of weeks um, with the pre-order going up by the end of May. Nicole, it has been a true pleasure having you on this week's episode. Please come back anytime. You have an open invitation. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Romance Ramblings. As always, I'm your host, Katherine Anderson. Please join me next week as I chat with Carly Spade. Carly writes incredible new takes on classic Greek mythology, and we'll be chatting about fairy tale retellings.
It's going to be a great episode, so be sure to tune in next week.